time for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews, and weekly giveaways. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up. Welcome back, Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. We have co-host Bryant Falconer in the studio. How you doing tonight, Bryant? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Excellent, man. So let's just jump right in <laughs> on what we're smoking. I'm going to go first. Go ahead. Because I'm smoking a cigar that Big Tony gave me. Okay. Espinosa La Harnera. <laughs> Are you laughing because the way I said it? No, there's another reason. La Rahanya. Is that right? La Harania. Yeah, but there's another reason for what, that. What so are you laughing about? You'll find out later. All right, all right. So what are you smoking? Hey, man, I'm smoking uh, Aroma Craft Wonderlust. And I thought you just had one of those. No, sir. That's your third one. Yes, sir. Dude. Yes, sir. I spent money. I love this. Yeah, you this. did. I, you had to spend money I to get three of those. Because you, let me tell everybody this. Listen, <laughs> you cannot just buy the Wonderlust. In order to get the Wonderlust, you have to buy like a $75 pack. Yeah, 85. 85. Yeah. <laughs> and three of them didn't come with that one pack. No. They so didn't. you bought three of those? Yes, I did. Holy tamole. And I bought two packs with the Baca. Oh, you also got the, uh, I got the, uh, the, what you, stocking, the yeah, tactical stocking, the tactical stocking. And then I bought a, uh, travel, a sample pack with the Bacaban 2 in it also. I got you. So yeah. if you smoke the, speak up a little bit. Yeah. That Bacaban 2 is a beast, man. Hey, you're not trying to make love. To I some know. Sweet- hey, bruh. I'm talking about that Baca. <laughs> I can tell you're getting a little excited over there, bruh. I, all I can say is Wonderlust. Hey, I, I love you, know you for both of those I'm sticks, man. I'm going to have to tell your wife, don't let you get around Baca or Wonderlust. <laughs> you start getting a little wild. She ain't mad. <laughs> hey, anyway, what we got coming up on the show tonight, we're going to go over some uh, accessories that every new cigar smoker should either have or know about so you can make the decision on which works best for you. We also have our pick six as always. And then we have special guest, Joe Loya. Yeah. Robbed 30 banks. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And then when he'd rob a bank, he would like head on down to the casino and buy cigars and wore these fancy yep. suits. And you know what's funny though is, well, you know what? I'll let him tell yeah, you about it in the interview. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, stick around because we've got our very own Jamie Stevens. Yes. Miss Stevens. She is the young lady who is doing the reviews of our cigars Mm -hmm. on our website. Yes, sir. So we wanted to bring her on the show so you could get to know who she is. And if you haven't read her reviews yet, you got to go by the page. She just did her third one that we put out Friday. And I think she's doing a great job. Yeah, if you haven't read it, you're missing out. This woman knows what she's talking about, man. Yeah, and I I talk a little bit more about that, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to let that happen on the interview as (laughs) well. Got you. I don't want everybody going like, well, they already said all they need to know about that. (laughs) Anyway, guys, uh, let's talk about McAuliffe right quick. You know there are sponsors. Go ahead and tell them. Four to 42. Four to 42. (laughs) I mean... They got a cigar for everybody. Yes, sir. And everybody knows my go-to is not just the Medallia. It's the Corona Extra 6x46. My favorite is the Sumatra, man. It's not a contest. I understand. So, I I mean, if it was, I'd win. But you know what? It's not a contest. I'm going to let you just enjoy. You know what? I love the Sumatra, too. 
You know that's, I do. That's why you're a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was talking. Well, you know what? That's later on in the show already, too. So never mind. Yeah. Anyway, we want to say thank you to the McAuliffe yes, team. You know, yes. if, if you're not an ambassador, go by and sign up because it's a great community to be a part of. Not only is it a great community, you get to actually go on Facebook yes. and be a part of a private group that yes. is all McAuliffe guys. They're fans of the cigars or they actually work for McAuliffe. Tell the truth. The president down, get on there. Yes. Uh, whether it be Sam, uh, Dan, Dan, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Did you see the video Friday? Yes, I was getting ready to talk about yeah, the video really Friday. Good. That was very informative, yes. man. It really was. And so it's just a great community to be a part of. If you're not already, go by there. Go by our website and there's a link. Click it. Bam. You Thank go you right over there. You get your own medallion with a, your own personal number on it. Again. Hey, you know what? I met someone else who has a lower number than who you else? and they were like 162 and i was like i gotta have that person on the show <laughs> but yeah but anyway we would say thank you so, to mcauliffe it's a it's an honor for, to have them sponsor the show and we're i mean we were always fans of the cigars before we yes. ever had sponsors so we're not just blowing smoke out of not our uh, side lip <laughs> anyway guys uh let's talk about what new cigar smokers should be looking for i actually had a guy send me a message and say man i'm new to cigar smoking Mm -hmm. i'd love to know what i need to buy as accessories yeah and that's a big step because when i first started i didn't have any of my own personal accessories you know what i mean it was just like and i think the first thing i bought actually the first thing i know what it was I went to Walmart uh-huh. and bought a uh, Ronin single jet flame lighter. <laughs> and I'll tell you what's funny is I still have it. Wow. And it still works. Wow. That's even more. I wow. know, right? And that sucker uh, will burn clean fuel, dirty, dirty fuel. fuel. Now, what well, I, yeah, I, I don't like it uh-huh. because it's a tiny little jet, one single okay. flame. Okay. And I never liked it, but I was like, anytime my expensive lighters don't work, that sucker always yes, works. Oh, faith. So Old that's faithful. a little advice right there. If you want to get a lighter that always works, and I think it was like five bucks. <laughs> That's a good price, too. Yeah. Especially for a beginner, man. Yeah. I Start, mean, it really is. And you know what's funny? Yeah. Scott Fritz has the exact same lighter. <laughs> that should not be a surprise. That At should all. not be a if surprise. If you know Scott, you know why we're laughing. <laughs> so, Scott, hats hey, off. Yes, sir. You know a bargain when you see one. <laughs> so, anyway, talking about lighters, though, for a beginner, here's what I have to say, and then we'll find out what Bryant says. Okay. I say get a triple flame torch, and here's the reason why. If you get a single flame, 90% of the time, you're going to be working your tail off to try to get the whole tip of the cigar lit. And if you don't get the entire tip of the cigar lit, you're going to get a bad burn. So if you start out the gate wrong, it's not going to be a good experience. Now, I will say, too, even on a triple You want to toast the foot. You know, I've got a couple of lighters that you don't have to to toast toast the foot. It's just like, you know, you light it and it's already halfway smoked. Yeah, tell the truth. But no, you don't want to do that. But a triple will be a lighter that can, and I actually prefer a quad. Mm Mm-hmm. I've got this jet line here, and the thing I like about it is it's a big flame. You know what I mean? When you use all four. And you've got this triple flame, and it's actually a big triple flame. Yeah, it's it not is. the tiny little jets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the jet line lighters, I want to say for a three run about $16.95. Yep. 
and then the four is seventeen ninety five. Yeah. So it's really worth spending twenty bucks no, to, to get, get a quad jet. And I believe I know it is at our shop, but I believe it is nationwide a jetliner lifetime warranty. Lifetime warranty, and that's huge because if you don't, if you've never bought jetliners, yeah, they don't work for crap for very long. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing about that Ronin. <laughs> yeah, right? So, but that, I mean, how many lighters have you gone through that quit working? Ooh. I mean, I'm like, you know what? I, we need I've to had- get some Germans to make lighters <laughs> in Germany because we need something that works every, every time. Every time. I've had three that didn't last a full tank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's tank. my advice on yeah. a lighter for a beginner. What would you recommend? Same thing. Uh, definitely a triple because it gives you the ability to toast and light fully your uh, your stick. And if you're a newbie, you really don't know how to light it correctly. So to keep from burning it up, destroying the stick, causing it to tunnel, a triple is what I'd, I'd actually go with. Yeah. My first one was actually a double, and it didn't last that long, and I bought a triple. And I think it, it was a jet line, and I still have that one. Well, let me tell you this, too, and this is just a tip for anyone who doesn't know how to light a cigar. Oh, yeah. And, this, Ooh, and that sounds, that sounds funny, yeah. but, I mean, I see guys in the shops that have been smoking for years that what they do is they hold the cigar at a 90-degree mm-hmm. angle out of their mouth, and then they hold the lighter at a 90-degree yeah. angle underneath the tip, tip, and then they just burn the crap out of one side of it. <laughs> So, when you're lighting a cigar, tilt the cigar down at a 45-degree angle. The lighter is at a 90-degree angle up, and then you rotate the cigar so, you're so t- that you're touching the yeah, whole entire yeah. foot Especially with the while you're rotating it. That gives you the full burn. The full and the other thing I say burn. is, when you're lighting it, what works best for me is when I take slow, yeah. long puffs, mm-hmm. and that way... It like actually has time to go into the tip of the cigar. You know, I see a lot of people pull out a quad and they just, and then, and then if they don't immediately start sucking on it, it'll go right out. Tell the truth. So take your time. You should take at least a minute to light a cigar the correct way. The correct way. Yeah. And And now the other thing is for a beginner, I would also say, if you can have someone show you how to use a cedar stick, yeah, Ooh. I don't want to tell you yeah, over the yeah, air because yeah. it's kind of hard to explain and you be able to get it visually. Mm-hmm. But go down to the shop and ask your local tobacconist to show you how to light a cigar with a cedar stick because you cannot get a better light than no, that. and a better taste. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it just goes hand in hand. Yes. And I, my thing is I always learn to toast, learn to toast your stick. Because and please don't put the flame right up. I on thought you were going to say come out with a funny toast when you're no. you know, having a drink with someone. No. And please don't put your flame right up on the uh, stick at the end of the stick trying to toast it because that's not toasting the stick. Or you actually light it now, toast it, allow it to get warm, and then go to uh, lighten your stick, and then you get a better a better light. You'll be able to enjoy it more. That's my stick. Yeah, I agree 100%. So let's move on to cutters. Ooh. I'm gonna let you go first on this one. Uh, I started out with a straight cutter. And it was one of those cheap ones. <laughs> and it they're usually not sharp long. The first two times you use them, yeah, you get a great cut. Then after that, they start to dull on it. That's why I, I, I graduated to the Zycar straight. But I am truly a deep V-cut man. I really do. I believe in a deep V-cut or a punch. Yeah, I, I like both of those. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, 
what advice do you give someone who's just starting out? You mean, you know, you're not going to tell a brand new guy go out and spend a hundred bucks no, on a cutter. No. Get you one that's that, that is good, uh, strong, sharp. Uh, I would say a good four to five dollar cutter from your stick, from your, uh, B&M will last. And it would also allow you to learn how to cut a stick, uh, stick correctly. Right. You're not pushing all the way down on it where you're cutting the entire cap off of it. Yeah. And that, that's uh, something that let's talk about right quick. So Jesus. maybe you missed an episode when we talked about oh, this. Oh, but yeah. if you're cutting your cigar with a straight cutter, here's the thing. You don't want to cut the cap off. Mm-mm. And if you don't know what cap is, it's no big deal. It's just, it looks like a yarmulke on the top of the cigar. <laughs> hey, that's a good one. Well, it does. <laughs> it does. And usually there's at least one, sometimes two, sometimes three. And I've even seen a cigar that had four right. layers of caps. Cap. So you don't want to cut on the line Mm-mm. or past the line. Nope. You want to cut between the tip and that line. So that you're not cutting that cap off. Cause yeah. if you cut the cap off, it's going to it. unravel yeah, you, on you. You lose the integrity. I mean, it just, it's a bad experience. Yes, it is. That's where a punch or a V cutter would come in to keep. Yeah. I tell you what. And we, and there's also the, uh, perfect cut. Oh yeah. The perfect. Those cuts. are great for yeah, beginners. Yeah. Uh, and the perfect cut is a straight cutter, but it only yes. cuts on one side. The other side has a covering on it. So you can't, can't put the too cigar too far mm-hmm. in. I would recommend buying a cheap cutter starting out. I'd go, I mean, I think the V cutter is great because it's really hard to mess up. Tell the truth. Uh, you know, I heard some people say that you got to learn how to use a V cutter. I don't know what there is to learn. <laughs> you stick the Get tip it. in there, yeah. you clip it, you're good. Yeah. Because it has a, it, it, yeah, it has you a can't put it in too far. Mm-mm. I would say for a beginner, a V cut is great. A punch is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, a straight cut is the perfect cutter is a good idea mm-hmm. uh, because once you get into the straight cut that you gauge how much you want to cut off on your own, you got to be careful. Yes, you do. Because if you cut too much, you're you destroy You destroyed the stick. Yeah. Lost integrity. And it, like you said, it started unraveling and splitting. And now you're really, you're really angry. I mean, and you, you should be able to get a decent cheap cutter yeah. for 20 bucks or less. Yeah. So, I mean, you can get a, a cheap one with that's made out of plastic for five, like five bucks, but those are not going to last you very long. They're going to get dull. Yeah. So, anyway, let's move to humidors. That's a hard one. See, I think that's an easy one for a beginner because, you know, here's, you gotta, what, here's what I say. As a beginner, buy yourself a wooden cigar box from the shop and put yourself some Bovetta packs in it, and there you go. But- People don't do that. They want to look good. They want one that looks good with a dial on the outside. Some people I want said the for glass. Beginners. But see, that's where beginners jump to. They, they oh, I want my box to look like this. No, do just exactly what you said. Get you a good wooden one from your brick and mortar. Right. Put you some Bavetta packs in there and learn what a humidifier, I mean, what humidor is. Yeah. Learn what it is. Yeah. What it is there to protect, protect your investment. Then once you learn what it is, graduate to something better. You may come up with uh, one like you got back there, but that's o- over time when you understand what you have. Yeah, what I've it's been for. smoking for years, yeah. and I didn't just come up with that overnight. <laughs> Tell the truth. But there are people that do that. They well, start smoking, and, and I, I'm going to go spend two, $200 on a, 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 a... And let me say this. To me, if a beginner takes a nice wooden cigar box, and you can get one at most cigar shops for 2 to $5. dollars mm-hmm. Take a sponge, put some distilled water on it. Make sure it's and distilled. Wipe it down. Yep. You wipe it down, let it sit, wipe it down again, Season let it, it sit, yep. and then 
it's only going to hold at the max 20 cigars. Mm -hmm. So put yourself some Bovetta packs in there, and then that'll work perfectly until you're ready to graduate to a real humidor. And then I say buy a quality humidor. And here's the other key that I preach. It needs to hold at least 100 cigars because mm, yep. don't go buy yourself one that holds 40 or 50 because within about three months, it's not big enough. Tell the truth. I promise and you. And you got to get another one. Exactly. And then you're thinking, well, I only need another 50 because this one holds 50. <laughs> and then another three months goes by and you're going to have to go buy another humidor. So, and now when we talk about humidors, though, here's the one that I recommend all the time. It is the Ashton large humidor in pearwood by savoy it holds 100 cigars and i think you can get it on amazon for about 140 dollars okay and that's a very yeah, modest price that for is. an ashton that is. Uh, we got my brother-in-law an ashton uh humidor from the leaf last year and i want to say it was like 500 bucks mm. but it's quality yeah and Dude, it was awesome. <laughs> it was nicer than this one. But this is just a solid, nice humidor. And when you go look at humidors, you want to make sure that it shuts tight. Tight. It has to be, but not too tight. Because the one that we gifted to uh, uh, Matt, he, went, he had it seasoned. Yeah. And once they seasoned it, it was hard for him to open. But then they went back and they did a little uh, remanufacturing on it, and it's perfect for him, and it holds a perfect degree in it now, man. He that, loves and it. And that was a 100 count. Yeah, that's yeah. a 100 count uh, Rocky Patel. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, guys, that's the tips for accessories for beginners. And if you guys know of some other ones that maybe we left out or some that you think are better than what we had to say, feel free to shoot us an email. Just go by the website at cigartalkpodcast.com and you can hit contact and that'll shoot us an email. You can contact us on Instagram. I am Cigar Talk Radio and Bryant is Cigar Talk Host. Co host. Co host. Yeah. Cigar Talk co-host. Okay, that's what I, I thought. Did it, that's what I said. You said host. Oh well, whatever. Anyway, uh, Ed you, McMahon. You, you don't want. You I don't want. Hey, yeah, you want to talk to Ed McMahon? What that one listener say? The loudmouth. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about our pick six this week. Okay. You want to go first? You, you want me? Okay. I actually went with another Espinosa. It's that 601 Habano Ooh, that he gave me. And let yes. me tell you what, that was a cigar. Mm. I mean, dude, it was dark, oily. It was like spicy with black pepper. Ooh. It had cedar in it, yeah. some leather, earth tones. I mean, it, it was just a bomb. Yeah. And, and I don't mean it was a spicy bomb. bomb. It was like the bomb. Yeah, I got you. And then uh, my next one was one that I hadn't smoked in a really long time. It was by Punch, the Bare Knuckle. Uh, Have you smoked the Bare Knuckle? Yes. Great little stick, man. Great little Great stick. Little Dynamite stick. comes in small packages. Yeah, and I hadn't had one in a while. Yeah. And I tell you what, it's pretty peppery. Mm-hmm. And it was real earthy, leathery, and spicy. <laughs> and I'm not real sure why they call it the Bare Knuckle. Me neither. Maybe because you make you want to go, <laughs> go fight someone. <laughs> yeah. 
And then uh, last but not least, this week, I enjoyed the Oliva V Maduro. Perfect. Good smoke. Perfect. You know, that is a really good coffee yes. stick. It's kind of chocolatey, earthy tones. Not too sweet, but you still get that mm-hmm. like dark cocoa flavor. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. So that's my three on the pick six. What do you got? My first one was a Padron 1964 anniversary Woo! series. It was gifted to oh, me. Oh, you know what? I'm getting tired of being <laughs> gifted to me. I had some gifted great to me. I had some great Every news this week. Tell me. I, I'm serious, man. Someone I, gifted it I, to I, me. I walked into the leaf with some great news in my life, and uh, Junior gifted it to me. He said, man. What was the great news? Said, my daughter turns 18 next month. Is that great news? Yeah, because child support sent me a <laughs> <laughs> okay even though i still got to take care of because she's going to college so she's hey, going to want hey, more than what i was giving he's out got before. kids yeah. of all ages above 18 and he's giving out money to them left yes, and right yes he yes. takes care of his kids i have to man. i know you do you because do a great job at they that. didn't ask to be here so that's my thing but uh, it was gifted to me you know Padron 1964 hey, you know i told my son what was that I didn't ask you to be here. No, oh, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> you begged his mama. <laughs> you know I got great kids, and I'm yes, proud of them. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So, And the second one was a 601 La Bamba Warhead. Oh, good smoke. Oh. Dude. Those, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I see you. Bruh. Dude, those Espinosas kick butt. That was the first one I'd had. Really? Bruh. Oh. I fell in love. I went back in the leaf and grabbed two more. Oh, yeah. I was like, I got to have these. I put them in my in my, in my humidor, man. So you'll be seeing me smoking one. And in case you guys didn't wine. listen, last week, Big Tony from Espinosa yes. was on the show, yes. and he gifted us yes. some cigars. Yes. And my number three pops in at the Espinosa Lorania Escura. Oh, that's what I'm smoking. <laughs> so two Espinosas made your top three this yes. week? Yes. Very nice. Yes. Very that's nice. That's why I laugh when you put when I looked at some of you smoking. I said, oh, my God. That's funny, man. <laughs> I had to look at your list. I was like, he didn't put it on there, did he? No, no, he no. no. <laughs> I posted several pictures of the Espinosa yes, cigars this week. Yes, yes. I, I'm actually posting that one tonight. Oh, nice. The, that was yesterday I smoked that. <sighs> I smoked it nineteen sixty. You know what's funny one. is the way you post pictures, like when I smoke a cigar. No, 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 no. It's not bad. <laughs> but like when I take a picture of a cigar, uh-huh. I smoke it uh-huh. and I post it. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that you'll post a picture of yourself at the Leaf, and I'll go down there, and I'll be like, hey, where's Brian? And they're like, we ain't seen him today. <laughs> I'm like, he just posted a picture. Yeah. What are you, saving them up? I got, dude, I got a list of pictures, man. I got a list of pictures. I sit back, and when I smoke, I take pictures of it, because I, I truly appreciate the sticks that I'm smoking now. You know what? Instead of doing I've pictures, grown. we need to do a video. Yeah. Oh, I can do that, too? Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? Start doing We're videos. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll do a video of you, and then we'll have me jamming a cigar in your face. <laughs> <laughs> fight coming, fight coming. World star. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, we got the bank robber coming up next. You're not going to want to miss it. Yes, it he comes. I, I met the guy. Did I tell you? Uh-uh. I met the guy through listening to another podcast called The Bank Robber Diaries. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> and there's true bank robbers on there? He is the bank robber. Oh, it's his podcast. Well, it's his and another guy. Oh, my God. And it's his whole story of his whole life. Oh, my God. And listening to it, it was amazing. It's not even over yet. I mean, it's like, I want to say episode well, yeah, still seven. Alive, so. No, 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 no. He doesn't rob banks anymore. So we, so we know. So we're told. No, no, no. He, he's straight up dude now. In fact, yeah. 
Today. You'll know when you listen to the episode yeah. of what he's actually doing. It's pretty awesome. You just know that cop in me is running up. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. We got a cop and a robber on the same show. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be right back after the break with Joel Loya. Hey guys, thanks for hanging through the break. I've got a special guest. You guys have probably heard of him. If you haven't, his name is Joe Loya. Anyway, the guy is a real true life bank robber. He robbed over 30 banks and now he's out making something special with his life. And we're lucky enough to have him on the show. How you doing today, Joe? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, man, we appreciate it. Uh, just so everybody knows, I actually found Joe by listening to a really awesome podcast. Uh, the name of the podcast, Joe, is is it the Bank Robber Diaries? Bank Robbery Diaries, yeah. Yeah, great podcast. If you haven't heard that one, Google it or uh, look on iTunes. That's where I listen to it. Anyway, it's a very in-depth uh, podcast on the story of joe's life and details of bank robberies and how he got to that point so anyway we just want to thank you so much for taking time and coming on the show i reached out because i heard in one of the episodes that whenever you would rob a bank you would like go hang out at the golf course or go to the casino and you were always smoking cigars yeah yeah that's true man i was um I, 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 the interesting thing is I didn't like cigarettes. I didn't even like cigars that much, but the reason I did it was I thought, oh, I think I'm supposed to do this now because <laughs> that's what, that's what gangsters do, you know? So it was one of those things. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I mean, you think about the persona of what we think of as a bank robber and, you know, they wear nice clothes, they go out to nice dinners and they're always like, I just watched that movie, The Irishman, and I bet there was at least 25 guys smoking cigars <laughs> in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that, it's that, it's kind of, um, hyper man's performance stuff, right? We do this and it's supposed to be code. Look at this. I'm a tough guy. I can smoke a cigar. I can handle this really heavy smoke. And, uh, you know, you hold it a certain way, you chomp on it. It's supposed to, it's code for something, right? right. I mean, I already had tried to kill my dad when I was 16. I stabbed him in the neck. I proved to every other man around me that, you know, I was man enough to be lethal. Um, and then, you know, I robbed 30 banks. You would think that, you know, Jesus Christ, you don't need to like, you know, do all this performance of being a tough guy, but, I was still stuck in it, and I thought, well, this is going to make me look cool. So when I would gamble with friends or at parties, I would just have that, you know, cigar out of my mouth, which is funny because I didn't, I wasn't really a smoker. That's what, like I was telling you, I felt a little embarrassed being on a, a cigar podcast because I was such a poser. Man. I, was such a, I was such a wannabe, you know, cigar guy who really kind of knew cigars, what were good cigars, what were bad cigars. Like, none of that. I didn't know any of that. I just like, it's a cigar. Let me get it. Yeah, because cigars (laughs) are that persona, and you wanted to make your image look like that. And it did. I mean, what's funny is now in retrospect, when people talk about me at that time, they're like, oh, yeah, Joe was a, he was a bad guy and he smoked cigars and he had gambled. It's funny how they use that cigar thing as exactly what I'm saying, right? It indicated something like, oh, yeah, he's a tough guy. (laughs) It makes me laugh. Well, let me ask you this, Joe. How old were you when you robbed your first bank? Uh, That's a good question. I think I was, uh, I think I was 25. No, 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 no. What am I saying? No, no, no. I was 23. So, the first time, and I've heard the story because I listened to the show, and I highly recommend that anybody that has the opportunity to listen to the Bank Robber Diaries because it's really good. But Thanks. So when you went into the bank and robbed your first bank, when you walked out of there, 
how did it feel? I mean, what was the sensation that you felt whenever you first walked out of a bank? Okay, for starters, I didn't walk out of the bank. I ran out of the bank because <laughs> that is a funny story. So, like, I it was a it was a you know it was a teller robbery. So I had slid the note to this woman, and um, she looks down and she won't look up. So I'm like, oh, oh Jesus, man, I, I did the wrong thing by writing a note because now she doesn't want to look up at me. So I'm like, hey, man, I reach over for the note and I start pulling it, like moving it around, like, hey, hey, pay attention. She won't look up. So I'm like, I tried to pull the note away, and then she pulls it back to her, and I were doing this <laughs> stupid tug of war with the, the note on the counter. I'm like, what's that? And I just grab it, and it's real crumpled, and then she looks up, and I'm like, you know, I'm not fucking around. I tap my belt, like, I'm, you know, don't make me jump the counter. Give me the money. And she said, give me the money. So I got like 4500 bucks or something, and as I'm walking out, and I hit that front door, I hear, he robbed us. He robbed us. robbed me or whatever. And so as soon as I hit that front door, I don't have a chance to walk out. I just bolt. I just start running. And back, you know, I was a youngster still. Like, man, I can't imagine running like that now. But I had been a track star in high school. I mean, I, you know, I ran track. So I had, you know, I could book. And so I'm running, running, running. And I look back, and there's these middle-aged men running after me. And I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, I got this. So I, I put distance between us, and they stop. And then I get, you know, I get, get away. But what I could tell you about getting away from the first robbery was immediately the first thing I felt was, like, panic like oh shit i gotta run right. <laughs> and oh shit they're coming after me you know but very quickly like i said i realized oh it's just on foot there's no cops there's no helicopters i, I think i can get away and so i did but when i get in the car and i start driving you know to um the, the border because this was in san diego when i'm driving towards um, mexico i have them let me out the city right on the border san ysidro and i um I already had a hotel there, so I went into the hotel, and I was so excited to count 4500 bucks because I was thinking, like, wow, at this rate, you know, 10 bank robberies at this kind of money, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'll have close to $50,000, Wow, you know, and so I was like, that's not bad, you know, and that was easy work, you know, I was in and out of that bank in five minutes, so, you know, $4,500 for five minutes of work. That's not bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I was like, I extrapolated and I felt like, oh, this is nice. I didn't understand that the average bank robber makes about $1,200 a bank robbery. It's not that much cash and not that lucrative all the time. You know? Especially for the uh, the consequences. Especially for the consequences. Because I went to 30. Rarely do guys get to 30. Most of the time, they don't get to 30 because they're desperate to rob a bank. Because they're high on drugs, which means they wake up in the morning, they need to go cop more drugs, they need to get money as fast as possible, get home, get the drugs before they start before they start jonesing, right? So they will put themselves in more danger. Whereas with me, I was willing to because I wasn't because I don't use drugs or any of that stuff. I was I was never like compelled to like, oh, I'll do it anyway. I really need to do it fast. I just I didn't feel good about it or you know, I wouldn't take a chance. I just drive on. So, so there were banks that you like drove up to and you scoped it out and then you were like, nah, this ain't the right one. Well, there was, yeah, there was plenty of that happened. Um, in fact, there was this one time I was in San Diego. It was that first day when I was going to rob a bank. There was this bank downtown and I walk into the bank and I'm in line and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to rob this bank. And I, you know, I got my note and then I just decided to walk out. It felt weird for whatever reason. It felt weird. Maybe they all feel weird because you're scared anyway and you want to get the hell out of Dodge. But this one felt weird. And I was like, oh, whatever. And I was like, as I leave to go outside, I see there's a Burger King across the street. And I'm pretty sure it was a Wells Fargo that I, I, mean, that I was in. 
Because as I'm walking across the street, I go into that Burger King. And inside the Burger King, right inside the door, looking at the Wells Fargo Bank, is a guard with the Wells Fargo <laughs> on his on his uh, shirt. And he's looking at the bank. He's not in the bank. He's across the street in the Burger King watching the bank. And I walk in a Burger King, and I'm like, wow, I was vindicated. There you go. That's why I felt weird. So was, was he actually, like, eating, or was he just watching no, the bank? No, he was just standing there watching the It was like he was guarding the Burger King with his Wells Fargo there because he's in the Burger King. Wow. We're looking across the street at the window, focused, like, eyes laser focused on the Burger King. Wow. And I was like, wow, this is why I have to follow my intuition. If I had a weird feeling, I'd just get, I'd leave. And I think that that helped me get to 30. Whereas I think people who had, were high on drugs and needed to go, or, you know, needed, were jonesy and needed to get drugs, they would have just stayed there because they're like, man, I don't want to waste another half hour to get to another bank, <laughs> you know, finding another spot. Yeah. Right. And also, I mean, someone who's abusing drugs does not have cognitive thinking. So they're not looking at, you know, things realistically like you were. Yes and no, because to rob banks, you got to already be a little grandiose. So that means I ain't really looking at things either. <laughs> right. Right. I, I didn't give a shit about consequences, right? I'm like, I'm not going to get caught. I'm not going to go to prison, which is totally ridiculous. But I mean, yeah, let's just put this right. If there's a spectrum, I'm not as far out as them, but I am kind of dopey. I mean, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm, you know I'm robbing banks. Right. I'm risking my life. I'm doing all sorts of crazy stuff. It's, I'm, I'm on the dopey spectrum, oh boy. I really am. I'm, I'm saying they're a little dopier than me because they're Jonesy and they're, their cognitive shit's a little messier. But I'm not in, I don't have that interrupting my cognitive mess. Let's right. put it that way. Well, let me yeah. ask you this. So, like, when you came out of your first bank robbery, you were, like, running. You were had that certain level of fear. What was it mm -hmm. like after you robbed your 10th bank? Were you more comfortable? Were you more confident? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was like, by the time I robbed my 10th bank, I think I was already, if you know, right around that time is when I would, I robbed this one bank and I was so angry with the little amount of money that I got there for the, all the hard work I did that um, I just walked into the bank next door, even though the cops were on the way, and I robbed it, too, just out of a sheer rage and, you know, hubris. I was like, you know, I'm going to get mine. You know, and that, I was so humiliated and angry about it. I don't know if you've heard that on the podcast yet, but I do tell that story. Yeah. Um, and. And, and so like, that's how, that's how brazen and fearless I was like, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to like, just do it right here. I don't care. And, um, that's intense, man. That's some intense kind of, yeah. Fearlessness. It's like, man, I got this. I know how to do this. I'm going to be in and out, get in line, get my money, walk right out and walk straight to my car. No one's going to know. So I had confidence at that point. Um, I never ran from a bank again like that, you know? Wow. So let me ask you this. What, what was the demise as far as what, what caused you to get caught? Technology, let's put it that way. Right. So, um, I knew that there was exploding money and once I got exploding money, but, uh, you know, it exploded on me. I picked up my bag and I walked, I ran, I ran, nobody was chasing me out of the bank. It just exploded. And I ran with it, the car threw the smoky bag into another gym bag and drove off. Right. So that, that didn't get me caught, but it was that, that's what technology is. And, and, and I was constantly on the lookout from then on had to not take money. Cause later when I got home, I could look at this, I could look at this busted money, right? And I could see what it looked like, why I had taken it, how they put it together. And I realized there was this really, 
it's like a brick of money they hand you. It's all sealed on the side. You can't bend it. It's it because inside the money's carved out, and they got little um, PC board diodes, you know, kind of resistors in there. It's little, you know, it's a little contraption that blows up, uh, blows the money up. So they have to kind of glue it on the sides to keep it all together. And if you know what it looks like after that, then there's no way you should ever pick up that money again. So um, I didn't. I never picked it up again. I was always on the lookout for that unaware that there was a new technology it was a transmitter that they could put in the middle of a stack of money and they could they could put a a really strong rubber band around the money and it would keep the transmitter in the cash in the center of the cash and then you could flip the money on the side so that you could feel confident as a bank robber that you weren't picking up exploding die money a die pack so you'd be like, oh, this can't be. And it was a thin, it was thin. So it wasn't thick like they needed to have to put all the stuff in the middle of money. They needed to have a big fat stack of cash. So this one, I got a, a little thing of money, flipped it, bend the money on both ends. Like there's no way this can be an exploding die pack. And that was the technology I was on the lookout for. And that was not the technology that they were using anymore. It was a transmitter that they could track you with from helicopters and cars. Wow. Um, cop cars. So it was this, it was, it had been brought to California um, and there was one area where they were trying it out, perfecting it. And I walked into that that area and I was the sixth person caught, uh, sixth person who picked up that money and sixth person caught. No kidding. In California with that money. That's what, that's what, that's what the police officer, the sheriff who arrested me said. He said, we just imported this technology to California. You can't, you're a test case. You're the sixth guy caught. Like he, he, he broke it down to me like that. Right. So I was like, wow. So I went to prison and immediately told everyone, man, you got to be on the lookout for this thing. <laughs> It's no joke, yeah. And and that was back in the late 80s. Think about what it's 89. like for today. 89. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, you know, it's like, you know, it's funny when I got out of prison, people would call me and say, hey, I'm, I design security systems and stuff like that, man. You willing to talk about what you would do if you wanted to, like, protect people from doing what you did? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, you guys, to be honest with you, man, since I came out, you guys look like you got this kind of locked down. I don't, it's hard to rob banks with bullet glass and all that stuff, you know, like, and then th- there's my, my local bank what was funny about it was you walked in and as soon as the door closed, then there was a, you were like in a, in a box, in a box. And then the second door would open after the first. So nobody could ever, no, both doors can ever be open at the same time. So if you tried to get away, and you went into that box, you were gonna you're never gonna rob that bank that way. Wow. So they had bullet glass, bandit glass, and they had that, right? So uh, the, the people are designed you know, they're designed now to really make it challenging to rob a bank. Now they do this thing where you walk in a bank and there's somebody there to, to look at you and talk to you and engage you. Like, are you here for this? Are you here for that? What are you doing? You can I help you with something? And what they're really doing also besides trying to determine if you if they can help you in some other way, is they're also saying, you know, if you came here to rob, I'm gonna see you. I'm up front. I'm asking you what you're doing. Let me see if you have a, a slip in hand, cash in hand, like a check. They're they're already now like on top of people coming in. I walked in this one bank the other day, and the way it's designed is uh when you walk in, there's almost like a concierge desk at the front. And the person asks you, so what are you here for? Because they're going to direct you either to the right behind them or to the left behind them. But they'll check with you first when you come in. So they want to let you know we're watching you when you come in. And they offer it like it's a concierge service. Like there's a you know somebody there at the door. Um, 
But it's all there to stop banks. Banks from being robbed. Yeah, but They're if you're if you're money. not a bank robber, it's just like, oh, that's nice. This person's helping me out. Yeah, that's what they're they're making it easy for me. Is I'm getting you know I'm getting great customer service. Right. But yeah, that stuff. Um, that's really clever. Well, let me ask yeah. you this. So when you went to prison, I mean, at what point did you decide I'm done robbing bank? Huh. It, that wasn't it. It was um, I was I said I'm done. I'm done ruining my life. And uh, bank robbery was just one of the ways in which I was ruining my life. Right? I mean, I was really a, a spiteful person. I had damaged a lot of relationships with people who loved me. I had hurt a lot of people. My conscience, you know, woke up one day um, and, and I was like, man, I put a lot of bad in the world. Remember, I'm the son of a preacher. So I know what good is. I know what good feels like. I know what decency feels like. I was raised with a lot of decent people. And I knew what I was doing was just putting a bunch of sour, bitter, rageful stuff in the world. And I got tired of it. You know, I got older. Uh, I was in solitary confinement. And um, I had this incident where I actually started going a little crazy and had this hallucination. And when I had this hallucination of a little bald boy in my cell, I woke up and I was like, oh, shit. You know, I can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. What the hell? I've been in for about a year already. And solitary. So I was like, all right, man, you can lie to everyone else and say, you know, this guy, whatever. But I knew that I was broken and it was humbling. It was really, really humbling. And and, and nobody changes your life in anything. You don't become a better dad, father, better worker, nothing, unless you get humbled and you're like, you know what, I, gotta, I just got to suck it up. I'm not as good as I think. I'm not as strong as I think. I'm not as whatever. I need like now... It, accept this new assessment of myself and then now move from there and that was an honest assessment to say you don't control shit joe you can't even control your mind what makes you think you're like controlling anything because you took some people into a vault you think that makes you a badass because you try to kill your dad that makes you and i realized no i'm not a badass man i mean i can hurt people um but that doesn't make me a badass and i was like you know i think i want to be a badass about being fearless about going inside and trying to change all the shit that's inside of me because i clearly am afraid of that <laughs> I, was like, right. I was afraid of that for a long time and i'm not afraid i'm not afraid of it and i'll go to a toe with a man i'll go you know I would, at that point i was just i'm not i was i was fearless about so much except going inside and except going inside and saying i'm gonna change this shit i'm gonna change the story i'm gonna change the direction of my life i was afraid of that and it was hard I ain't gonna lie, man. It was hard work. Well, how, I couldn't work there. Let me ask you this. How long were you in prison after you were robbing the bank? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. And does that time just Wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop. So the ahead. first one I robbed, remember I told you the first one I robbed? The next day after I robbed that first bank, I was a fugitive in Mexico. And that's why I was in Mexico and I'd been robbed and everything. So I came up and I robbed that bank in San Diego. The next day after I robbed that bank going into San Diego, I got busted at the border, not for the bank robbery, because I had the $4,500 in my pocket. I got busted for all those warrants for me that I had gone to Mexico for. So when I went to prison, I went to state prison at that time for two years for a bunch of bullshit petty crimes that were already on the books that I, you know, that I was that I was wanted for. And it was in prison during those two years. I was like, I know what I'm going to do when I get out. I'm just going to go bank robbery crazy. So when I got out after those two years, that's when I went on my 14 month um 30 bank robbery spree right wow. so when you ask how much time did i do after the bank robbery started it's it's not it's not legit like obviously i did nine years i did two years and i did 14 months robbing banks and then i went back but what you're really asking is when i was after my crime spree i was only in prison for seven years yeah, technically. And do yeah. and when you tell people seven years or a lot of people like wow I, that doesn't seem like very long 
it's not long. Um, if you, if it's it's not long compared to people who do a lot more time for a lot less crime. Right. I pled guilty to three bank robberies, and you're going to hear about it in episode nine. So be patient. I'll be. You will I'll, hear about I'll it. I'll be patient. I'll be patient. Yeah, in episode nine, you're going to hear why I went to prison for uh, out of all that for that. You'll hear exact reason. But I pled guilty to three. Is how it ended up being. I yeah. got you. So let me ask you this: Are you allowed? in any of the banks that you robbed? Yeah. No, I'm allowed everything. In fact, <laughs> I gave the, the bank that I gave the blues the most was Bank of America. I robbed the Bank of America. I robbed the vault, Bank of America. I went back a couple months later, tried to rob that vault again, Bank of America. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's who I was. I was. I gave Bank of America the blues. Now Bank of America is my bank. I get along so well with them. Wow. We don't have a problem. Yeah. So when you got out of prison, the first time you go into a bank, I mean, I know you're not planning on robbing it, but is that voice in the back of your head going man i could rob this bank Nah, i mean i already always know that you know i mean listen i at, and there's no moment of the day when i'm like unaware that the only the only thing the only thing between me and having you know thirty thousand dollars by the end of the day is my decision that's it i got you the only thing i mean i if i decided to go do that i can go get my i can go rip off people at grow houses i can go rip off people who i can rip off i mean i was a thief and i was a violent man and i know how to go get money if i really wanted it and at any point in the day i know that i you know that's that's an option but the reality is that i walked in the bank only once and saw a shitload of money on the counter somebody had just dropped off i don't know man forty thousand dollars in cash just stacks of money maybe fifty thousand dollars and it was on the counter and i was by the front door and i was like literally right now if i wanted i can just grab that money and take off right like literally, like it was never been easier since the whole time i've been out and you know however 20 23 years i've been out never easier and i looked at that and realized man i'm a change dude because that kind of frightens me man because <laughs> like, right. you can't because here's the thing right when i was robbing those banks I'm Joe Lawyer here. I'm Joe Lawyer there. But the difference is when I was robbing those banks, I was rageful. Like I was, I was just out of control, out of control. Like I was super violent. I didn't, if you know, I was super delicate in a way um, in that if I felt oppressed or offended or humiliated, I would just immediately act violent. Now, if so, it was easy for me to dial up violence. Now, you know, I'm older. I got a daughter. I got a wonderful wife. I got a great life. Like, I care about my future in a way that I never, I didn't think I had a future. My mom died when I was 26. I was robbing banks at the end there at age 26 thinking, I made it at 26. Woohoo, that's all I wanted to do. Now I don't care if I die now. Like, it was like that kind of thing, right? Like, I didn't think, I didn't imagine a life past 26 for me. So I didn't care. I never, I just wanted to get to 26. I never thought about what it would look like after that. So I didn't have a feel for the future. So I risked my future. Now to rob, like, if I had taken that money, at the counter and run with it like no nah, man i have too much of a future and i was i was thinking i'm gonna st- i gotta still write a book and i got things to do that was like really early on when i was when i got out of prison when that money was available like that at that counter but since then no nah, man i don't like i don't have a feel for it i'm not mad enough i have too much of a good life going so no that joy technically now i think is too scared shitless to 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 think that i can go wrong man. you know technically i know how and i obviously I'm, I'm big enough and i know what to do to do it yeah i'm not the i don't have the heart for it is what i should say that's, that's good, probably the man. best way. i don't know maybe like there's probably 
parallels for you do you feel like there's things maybe when you were younger you could do just you know who gives a fuck and now you're like yeah i give a fuck i'm oh, like yeah. I'm oh, oh yeah I mean? yeah it's I, the same thing i i was a lot like you were except i didn't rob banks and i didn't i wasn't a thief i was like just extreme party guy and yeah, yeah, yeah. i felt like i would live forever and you know but you know as you get older you mature and you know i'm 50 now so i'm laid back easy going but there was yeah, a time yeah, yeah. when i was a young man that i was pretty wild yeah wild and yeah you see that's what i'm saying like and you think Oh, could I do that now? Nah. Yeah, like, you not even yeah. want to. <laughs> nah, yeah, you're like, yeah, no, nah, I did that, done that, I'm done. Right. And I don't want, like, in fact, I get a little nervous thinking about it, like, fuck that. <laughs> hey, so, you know my- also, yeah, yeah, you were on. you were consulted on the movie Baby Driver, the uh, yeah, 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 really good bank robber movie. How how did that come about? Yeah, yeah, interesting story. So, um, in 2010, I uh, wrote this essay about how i chose my bank robbery getaway song and uh it was a pretty popular essay for a magazine called mcsweeney's the next year i got a call from these producers of baby driver right and they said hey man the writer is kind of stuck on this movie he's supposed to write and uh would you talk to him and i said yeah yeah let him, let him talk i said uh i'm coming down to la because you know i live, I live up north in northern california I said, I'm coming down to L.A. I said, like, let me meet with him. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the way down, like an hour before the meeting, a couple of weeks later or the next week, I hear, uh, I get a call and they're like, hey, you're going to meet Edgar Wright. And I'm like, whoa, 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 Edgar Wright is who I'm meeting? You made it sound like some lame-ass writer. I'm meeting one of my favorite directors, <laughs> you know, the guy who did, you know, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. I'm like, that Edgar Wright? And they're like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, man. So I met with him and we hit it off, man. We were talking movies. We were talking bank robbery movies. We were talking about, we, he, you know, I love movies and I could talk about them. And then he, we talked about his movie, the idea he had for it, where he was going with it. And by the end of it, I was like, dude, like we could sit here and have coffee. This is great and everything <laughs> after a couple hours. Or I could just take you to some some banks I robbed, man, and show you how I got away. And he was like, yes, please, ladder. Let's do that. So we got in the car and I took him to go show him how I got away for certain bank robberies, the psychology of it and all that shit. And dude was pumped. So he started sending me pages saying, hey, man, can I send you some of my pages and you react to them and tell me what I need to clean up? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I became a consultant. And at the end, when he got Sony to make the movie, he was like, dude, I'm gonna, I'm getting you paid. And more importantly, I want you to be a guard in one of the scenes. So I was like, all right, man, let's do it. And so I, um, he gave me a role and I get, you know, spoiler alert, I get killed in it by, uh, <laughs> by Jamie Foxx when they're Robbie after they come out of the third robbery. So um, it was cool, man. It was a great experience. And it got me to be working on Baby Driver 2. I, he In between Baby Driver and Baby Driver 2, he actually um, got called to write and work on Ant-Man, oh, no the kidding. original Ant-Man. So I, I was uh, consulted for Ant-Man, too. I did work for them. Then he quit that and went back to Baby Driver and made Baby Driver. So I've been conducting, uh, consulting on several movies. I started writing for TV. You know, I, I now I'm, I'm working in, in Hollywood trying to get a show sold right now. And yeah, yeah, that's what I do. That's awesome, man. So what was it like being on the set of Baby Driver? I mean, was that like just yeah, blowing so cool, your mind? Man. Yeah, man. I mean, I was pinching myself the whole time. I'm like, I got a good life. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm 
fortunate because I'm a writer, you know, and I write good shit. People admire it. You know, I know to write. And so I, uh, but also, you know, my story is righteous. I got a, I got a great story of all this shit that happened to me and I turned it around and I'm, yeah, I'm now I healed my home. Me and my dad are tight. My brother's tight. I just, my dad this last week for his birthday. I, I figure some stuff out so that I might not be the biggest celebrity in the world, but when it comes to like almost devastating our home and then putting it back together again and figuring out how to love my dad and my brother and us getting close, that's a big deal. And anybody who's a celebrity knows it's a big deal. They got what they got and I got what I got. And my story stands next to them in that green room all day long. So when I was with them, I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna talk to you guys about what it's like to be a bank robber. Um, so that was part of my job too. And then it was another part was to be in the green room with them like, all right, we're acting today. Let's do this. And I was, you know, talking with them and getting along with them. And, you know, they're, they're high power. John Hamm, Kevin Spacey, Jamie Foxx. These are some high powered actors. And, um, you know, I wasn't intimidated in terms of like, you know, I've been with hardcore mafioso who like <laughs> with a snap of a finger can have somebody kill me before I get to the child home. <laughs> so, I mean, I, 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 I know what it's like to be around powerful people and these people ain't that. But, um, but you know, they're righteously good at what they do. They're experts at what they do. I give them the respect for that. I treated them like I did on the prison terror. Certain people, they got that coming, you know, just going to like respect that you earned the place that you earned. And I'm going to do what I do here, which is my job and then get the hell out of Dodge. And, and it um, was a lot nicer giving those guys respect on the set because you knew in the back of your mind, they weren't going to have you killed. I know, you know, it was, and they're all in their own headspace because they got to keep going out to do a drool to keep work, doing working all day. So you try to stay out of their way. The thing that was cool was when we went to the opening night, I took my wife with me. And these guys were so cool, man. They, you know, they hugged it out with me, held my wife's hand, said, you know, it was great working with Joe. And my wife got to see that, you know, I earned the respect of these guys who, you know, they're, they're, they're very, very strong performers. They're respected, except Kevin's face at the time was it wasn't even part of the project. He had already been kicked out of Hollywood. But, um, you know, it was a big deal to have acted right on set and not shame the name like I once upon a time did. So that was, that was one of the benefits of changing my life and, and trying to come up right right so there's that well it's a great story i mean from where you were to where you are now and yeah. i mean it should give people hope that are in a bad space that you can turn it around and make better choices everyone can man we're not locked in on what we what we started i tell young people all the time especially when i go into prison I say, you don't know who you're going to be in 10 years, man. Do not lock yourself into this narrative. Don't, don't say this is who I am. This is going to be for, no, you don't know. I did not know that I was going to have this. I did not know that. I did not know, man. There's no way you know. Yeah. And you had no idea that before you turned your life around, how life, how good life could be. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking about it now, like, yeah, man, I'm lucky. I'm lucky, man. You know, and it was hard. You know, I'm not gonna take it away. Like it comes easy. You gotta put in the work. And you gotta stay. It gets bumpy. I had a friend who was in prison, and he was in AA. And sometimes he would walk by my cell, and I'd just be brooding in there, like, man, I want to give up. This fucking, this sucks. Changing your life. Not not being able to stab people and shit. I was like one of those those people in sobriety who who wanted to pick up a bottle really bad. <laughs> I wanted to pick up a knife so bad so many times at the end there, and I just didn't. You know, I did good, but um, he would say, "Hey, stay in the car, hold on to the steering wheel," because his idea was sometimes you're in the car and you're just going through like it's going crazy, bumpy road, fucking all the only thing thrown on the car. He would say, "Stay in the car, hold on to the, the wheel, and just keep keep driving." And um. 
that's what I've done, man. I just held on to that wheel. And sometimes I felt like I was going to get thrown out of this thing, but I, I, I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm here talking to you, man. It's, it feels good. Hey, man. <laughs> well, we're not be talking to you with a, with a, with a contraband cell phone in prison. <laughs> right. Well, uh, man, we want to say thank you for taking the time and coming on the show and telling a little bit about your story. Again, if you haven't listened to the podcast, Bank Robber Diaries, I highly recommend it. It's a great story. And it's not Thanks, exactly man. it's not exactly what you think it's going to be. I mean, whenever I saw the title and jumped right in, I mean, within the first half of the episode, I was like, wow, this is deep. It takes you somewhere else. But you still get your bank Film. yeah yeah you still but it's a different story it's not only about that you know it's a fuller story oh absolutely um, and i mean it kind of gave it kind of gave the picture of your youth your childhood uh the kind of person you were and i mean if it wouldn't have been for some of the things that pushed you over the edge to become the bank robber i mean i think that you had from what I could listen in the episodes that you had a lot of talent. You were well read. You were, you were a good student and you know, you had all all this potential, but then this other negative part of your life was just like eating on you. And that's when you kind of snapped and decided to go into the life of crime. Yeah, man. You know, it was really hard coming up. A lot of stuff you're, you know, you get in the podcast and it threw me off, threw me off balance and nobody was there to help me. So finally, eventually later, you know, Fortunately, all that education paid off and all the stories about people who changed their life, the Bible, that all paid off. So I was able to use that stuff to my advantage. And now I write these stories about guys in prison. I'm writing one right now for hopefully it'll be a TV show. Oh, awesome. And how he changes his life, comes out and tries to make something of it. So. Yeah, I mean, I got stories for days now, you know. Well, congratulations, man. You're doing really well. And I got to say, just having you on the show and listening to your story, I'm proud of you. You've done a great job. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate that, too. Hey, you're welcome, man. Well, hey, if you ever need anything from us, feel free to reach out. We're here to help everybody that we can, brother. I appreciate that, man. You stay strong. I'll chat with you later. All right, man. Take care, Joe. Thanks for being on the show. Hey guys, thanks for hanging through the break. We have our very own cigar review writer on the show. It's Jamie Stevens. We thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, we just wanted to have you come on the show. We wanted to introduce all of our listeners to Jamie Stevens, because that's who's writing the reviews on the CigarTalkPodcast.com. And you're doing a great job, by the way. Yeah, I like the cigars. The only one, the uh, Buffalo 10, I've never had that cigar, but it sounded fantastic. It is. It's awesome. And for the price, you really can't, you can't beat it. Yeah, what what price point did you say? Like four fifty or something? Four fifty, but I actually found it at my local shop for three seventy five. Wow, see that's yeah. a bargain because you know <laughs> I, I'm one of those guys that you know if you smoke a lot of cigars, you can't always smoke ten fifteen dollar cigars. No, so, it gets pricey. Yeah, it really does. And so if if I can go to a cigar shop and find something for five fifty, that's a quality stick. I'm pretty excited. So if you find one that's for three seventy. 75 that's a home run 
Yeah, I was thrilled. I honestly was skeptical. I always am when it comes to, you know, if it's that type of price, I'm like, well, you know, how's this really going to to do? But I was shocked. Yeah. Like, pleasantly if, shocked. If you if you smoke some budget cigars, I promise you, you're going to find some duds. And yeah. so when you smoke the cheap ones, you're like, and you find a good one, you're like, oh, yeah, this this will work. I always think, oh, I'm going to buy a bunch then. <laughs> You never know, you well, know how long they're going to stay for. Right. Well, there's one cigar at our shop. It's the uh, La Galera Connecticut, mm-hmm. and I love that stick. And it's only like five fifty for the Robusta. That's a good one. I've had that one. I like that one. Yeah, it's good construction. It burns well. It smokes well. It's just an all-around good stick, especially if you're having one in the morning with coffee. Oh, exactly. And that's my favorite time. Definitely so, in the morning. So how long have you been smoking cigars? I would say about 10 years now, consistently. Um, I started getting interested when I was a kid. I would always watch. uh, My dad used to smoke cigars occasionally. Um, Didn't do it often, but he usually did it like when we had our family gatherings or, you know, like the major holidays. For special occasions. Yeah, special occasions. You know, somebody has a baby, my dad smokes a cigar. So (laughs) I would always watch that growing up and I was curious then, but of course I was younger and I, you know, first of all, I didn't know where to buy them. I definitely wasn't of age (laughs) to buy them, especially now. You know, I wasn't of age too. So I was just kind of like, hmm, this must be pretty good if my dad likes it. Um, So that's how I started actually getting curious about it. Um, My godfather smokes too. So like my dad and him would get together and they would complain the whole time about, you know, this cigar is great. This one is horrible. And it would be like a, a, you know, a debate through our whole family gatherings about whose cigar was better. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sounds like you're in a cigar shop, huh? Oh, that's what it felt like. But of course, I didn't know anything back then. So I just was like, oh, they're just being, you know, themselves. I didn't really understand what they were actually Um, arguing about. Uh, But once I hit about 18, um, my dad had passed away when I was in high school. So I got closer to my my godfather. And finally, once I became age, he's like, you know what? I think it's time you start trying some of these. And so I did. And from then on, I was hooked. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Plus, it gave, you know, me kind of that that bonding experience. Not that my dad and I could smoke you know, together because I was, of course, younger, but I always think, well, this was what he was talking about. Well, that's awesome. You still have that. Yeah. Yeah. You have that connection, even though you're not smoking with him, but you still have memories of him smoking. So you still have that connection. That's great. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I guess you've, you've done three cigar reviews for us. I think you're doing a great job. And what I really like about the way you write reviews is it's not boring. And what I mean (laughs) by that is I rarely read cigar reviews from people who that's all they do is write cigar Mm -hmm. reviews because it's like they tell you a little bit about the cigar then they tell you about the first third the second third the third third and then they give you the overall summary and Mm -hmm. i mean could we find another ten thousand people that does that because the market is flooded with that and what i love about what you do is you put yourself in the review so people kind of get to know you a little bit and then Mm -hmm. you tell them about the cigar in a fun way that's not just one two three we're done yeah i'm not trying to bore people and i always notice with you know some reviews they're like pages long (laughs) oh i know it's like okay the first half i'm like this why is this two pages long (laughs) it didn't take you that long to smoke the first half did it (laughs) right you know i always think of 
you know, uh, I don't know. I always find it a little long winded and then I do get bored by about halfway through. I'm like, eh, like, you know, skip TV. (laughs) Very rarely when I'm reading some of the long reviews, which is very rare, but whenever I do, it, I very rarely make it to the end of the review because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. I honestly skip straight to the summary. <laughs> right. And I, and I think that's why they have to put that at the end, because if they put it at the beginning, no one would make it past the end. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so tell everybody what part of the United States you're in. I live in York, Pennsylvania. Now, how big is York? Don't sound too excited. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you know, when I first saw, I I was like, oh, she's in New York. Oh, no, she's in York, Pennsylvania. I don't even know where that is. I'm in York, Pennsylvania. It is in the southernmost part of Pennsylvania. I'm very close to, it's hard to to describe where I'm at because I'm really at the bottom half of Pennsylvania. I'm about 45 minutes from Baltimore. I'm about an hour and a half from Philly. Um, I'd say the closest major city of probably Lancaster that people know about. So what football um, team do you root for? Oh, the Miami Dolphins. That, I'm a Florida girl. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I was going to stick with my home team. I thought you'd be rooting for Baltimore because they're kicking Absolutely butt. Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> you know what? And it's funny is that everybody said that when I moved up here, they're like, you got to change your football team. And I said, no, I do not. No, you can't just change. <laughs> if you're a longtime fan, you're always going to be a fan of yeah. your team. So and I just get because that. my team does poorly does not mean I'm going to give up on them. So. Yeah. Well, you know what hats off i i'm a cowboys fan and you know it's hard to be a cowboy fan because really they're just as bad as the dolphins in my opinion i would agree i mean (laughs) we've been to the playoffs a few times but it doesn't matter if you just get beat every time you make the playoffs and this year you still love them either way yeah Yeah. exactly well i don't know if i always love them sometimes i hate them But that's just me. So yeah. so you're married and you have a child. I do. How mm-hmm. long have you been married now? Oh, gosh. Mm, a few years. It's not a pop We've been quiz. together. We've, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm thinking in my brain, how long have we been married now? Um, it's been quite a few years. Uh, my son is four. Okay. Um, he is four. And we just, I don't know, we're just that typical cigar loving family so my your husband, husband smokes cigars cigar. oh awesome oh my gosh he smokes he smokes probably more than i do wow you know honestly he probably smokes more than i do i mean he's getting a little bit i think jealous because you know my humidor might be getting a little right. bit more full than right. his is. but he does we're, we're a cigar loving family and does, so do, do you share great. do you share with your husband sometimes so do you have <laughs> his and her humidor we do <laughs> that's funny we do but you know what i cannot say we don't pick out of each other's humidors you know if there's something in mind that you know i'm of course i'm gonna say oh here you go most of the time as long as you have uh, more than one exactly if it's my last one sorry it's not happening right that's funny so let me ask you this what do you do for a living because i know you do something in the realm of helping veterans I do. I do. Um, I actually do a few things. It's a little complicated, but I'll try to make it simple. Uh, first thing I, I do is I run a recovery home for veterans who are suffering from either substance abuse and or trauma. So that's the first thing I do. Okay. Um, the, the second thing I do is I run a mental health 
supported housing program in the community, which basically I help um, individuals who have um, major um, mental illnesses like schizophrenia, uh, bipolar disorder. I help them find housing and keep stable housing in the community. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. So I do both of those things currently. So you do both of those. So how do you have time to go hang out at a cigar shop? I make the time. Got to have your Um, priorities. Yeah. You know, my time is pretty stretched. Um, I will admit it is stretched, but I try to make the time because it's important to me. And I still need, you know, something that I love, even though I love my job. Um, I love my family, but sometimes I need me time. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So let me ask you this. Was your dad in the service? He was. Uh, He was. He served in Vietnam. Oh, okay. Well, I was wondering Mm -hmm. if you had a connection there that made you want to go into a field that helped veterans. Uh, most of my the men in my family served. My both my grandfathers were in World War II. Um, my dad was in Vietnam. A lot of my friends um, were in the service, and a lot of the clients I serve in my mental health program um, also are veterans. So awesome. it just seemed like a good fit. That's great. So now here comes the pop quiz, and there's a oh, right boy. there's a right answer and a wrong answer. Uh-oh. And because I didn't, I didn't, when you came aboard Cigar Talk to write reviews, really, we should have asked you this up front. But since we didn't, we're going to save it for the podcast. And so you are you ready for the quiz? Okay. It's only one question. I think question. I'm ready. Okay. Are you a member of Cigar Rights of America? Hmm. Do you think I'm a member? I hope you're a member. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a member. Very good. Very good. I'm, that makes me very proud because that's one of my uh, soapboxes that I get on almost every episode. People probably get tired of listening to me tell people to join Cigar Rights of America just because I think it's so important because you know the political landscape we're in and they're trying to do everything they can to, you know, put us down. And, you know, that's the one way that I think that we can really you know, support this community and the lifestyle that we enjoy. So I'm very happy you answered that question correctly. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It's not too tough. Do I get a big prize? (laughs) You know what? We'll see about sending you a couple of cigars. Okay. I'm good with that. Awesome. So have you ever tried the Medallia from McAuliffe? I have not. That's actually on my list though. That is my go-to stick. And that, I mean, you won't find to me, it's one of the best everyday sticks you could find. And the the size I smoke is the Corona Extra. It's a six by 46 and okay. it has a plethora of flavors. I mean, it's just a roller coaster and the construction is so good. It's just a great stogie. So if you get the chance to smoke that one, in fact, I'll put you on the list and see if I can't get a couple of them sent your way. Oh, I'd love that. So I have a few go-tos, but that one, you know, is on my to try list. <laughs> so, so give us a couple of your go-to cigars. <sighs> okay. A couple of my go-tos. Um, I do love, if, if you guys have probably seen my, you know, posts or whatnot, um, you know, I, I love the Drew Estate line. I always have, uh, But one of my favorites right now go to is the Kentucky Fire Cured. You know, what's funny about that cigar is, you know, a lot of my friends make fun of me because I smoke that cigar because, you know, it goes along the lines of, you know, your regular smokers. They always make fun of you for smoking anything that has any kind of like non-tobacco flavor. Yep, they do. Mm -hmm. But but here's the thing. One, I don't make fun of anyone for smoking any kind of cigar because if that's what they want to smoke, I'm all for it. But what I love about the Kentucky Fire 
fire cured cigars is that I, I smoke a lot of cigars on a daily basis. And like after I've had four or five cigars, mm-hmm. my palate gets really muddled. And yeah. so to light up a Kentucky fire cured, you're like, oh, something I can taste again. Yep, exactly. And do you like Which the flying pig? I love pig? it so much. Mm-hmm. I love the Kentucky Fire Cured Flying Pig. That's my favorite KFC. I like that one, too. Yeah, that's great I do great like that story. one, too. All right, so what's another one of your go-tos? Um, you know, I've been really into, I like Camacho. Um, I'm kind of into them right now. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I always smoke cigars depending on my mood and what, I can't say what frame of mind, but kind of like what season it is. <laughs> this might sound corny, but I kind of like go with a flow of like, I'm really into a certain one at one time. Then I will flow into a different one at one time. Um, but I'm really into right now the Camacho American Barrel Aged. I love it. You know, I don't think I've actually had that one. Oh, you have to. I will definitely try that. Because I tell you, over the last probably three months, I've smoked quite a bit of Camacho. And forever, I didn't smoke any Camacho. And mm-hmm. and I'm not really sure why. But once I started smoking them, I just started smoking them all over. Well, I'll tell you this. I do remember why. Because about six months ago, I smoked a uh, Maduro, the triple mm-hmm. Maduro. Yeah. And it was horrible. Not because of the blend, but because of the construction. It blew up and it completely split, and I was so disappointed. And if you piss me off as a cigar smoker, I hold a grudge for a long time. (laughs) That sounds like me. I get like that, too. If something happens to the construction, I get really annoyed. I go, I'm not trying this again. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, the thing about it is the triple Maduro, I was all hyped and excited to smoke it. And then when it completely let me down, I was like, no more Mm. Camacho. And so then I started smoking them again about two or three months ago. And have you had the power band? I have. That's a great smoke. I love the Connecticut they make is a great smoke. Mm -hmm. So I've really been smoking a lot of different Camachos and I really have enjoyed them. I do. I like it. I think it's, uh, you know, it took me a while to get into Camacho, but now it's like, I love it. It's one of my go-tos right now. That's great. So is there anything else you want to tell everybody before we go? Uh, well, all I want to say is I, I'm very grateful for you guys for giving me the opportunity to write cigar reviews. I wasn't sure, honestly, at first how well I would do because I knew how the cigar reviews I had read, how I felt about them. And I wanted it to be a little bit different. I wanted some humor in it. I wanted to put myself in it. And I wanted more of a, a realistic approach, if Absolutely. that makes sense. Uh, no, I completely get it. And I think not to change what you're saying but i think you wanted to put your personal touch on it i did Mm -hmm. and i think you do a great job at doing that and it really to me you know you can read a cigar review that you write in a matter of like less than one minute and i think it gives a great overview of the cigar it provides some entertainment you always throw in some humor and so i think it's just a really good review that people know that oh i want to check out that cigar that she wrote about but they're not going to have to spend 15 minutes reading it exactly and that was that was my plan with it um so i'm just really i'm really grateful 
for that opportunity. I'm glad that um, people like it so far. Well, I'm, we've I'm been really very pleased. We've been super pleased with what you've done. We appreciate you coming on board and being a part of this. And for you guys who haven't been by, go by our website, which is cigartalkpodcast.com. Look at the second link down. It says Cigar Reviews by Jamie Stevens. Click on that link. Go there. You'll find all of her reviews. And at the very top, there's also a link to her Instagram account. So you can go by and check out tons of cigars that she smoked. That's one of the reasons that we invited you to be part of the team is just because your page has so many different cigars that you smoke. And I was like, oh, well, she's not stuck on the same thing. She smokes a lot of cigars. She has fun with it. So that's why we wanted to bring you on board. So, you know, the one of the last things when we were talking about it before you actually started, you know, I was trying to shape and mold and I thought this is the way it should be done and this is the way it should be done. And then finally, when I came to the realization that, in fact, you even asked me, what made you pick me? And I was like, you know what? <laughs> just be you. As long as you be I you. I was curious. I was, I was like, <laughs> just, yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to give you any rules. I told you that we do everything at the PG, PG 13 level at the most. And I don't want to give you any boundaries or any rules on what you have to do. Just be you. And that's what you've done. And you've done a great job. Well, thank you. I, you know, I just hope, you know, out there that there are more Sisters of the Leafs that will start writing reviews soon. Yeah. You know, that's that's something I always want to promote. There are so many men out there who write cigar reviews. Absolutely. Bring on the ladies. Well, and you know, that's one of the things that we've always tried to be uh, is we've had a lot of female cigar smokers on the show for interviews. So we always want to promote that part of the cigar community. And that's one of the reasons that we decided to go with a female to write reviews, just because we wanted to promote that part of the community as well. Well, I appreciate it. I love that. That's great. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time and coming on the show so everybody could get to know you. And uh, if you haven't gone by and seen her reviews yet, you definitely should. Uh, let's talk about you did uh, Viva La Vida, the last one. I did. Great cigar. I'm a big fan. Oh, I love it. And then it's you an awesome did, cigar. And then you did the Bargain Cigar, which was the Buffalo 10, which I really want to try. And it's then, great. Well, it seemed appropriate for Christmas. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> and then the one you did before that was the Master Blend 3 from Oliva, which is one of my favorite cigars. In fact, I was talking to- I love that to, one, too. Yeah, I was talking to one of the listeners earlier today about that cigar because when he got it, he didn't know if it had uh, cigar beetles or whatever you call them mm -hmm. or if it just had a nick out of the wrapper. And I told him the thing about the wrapper on that is it's kind of like scaly. It's real toothy. Yes. And I was like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it just had a nick on it because it's so rough that it would be easy to nick one of those. Yep. I mean, the last one I smoked had a nick on it. Yeah, because it, it just it just has it, that it kind of wrap around. Yep. Yeah, but great cigar. But anyway, uh, thank you again for taking the time to come on the show. And we'll have you back on in a few weeks and find out what's going on in uh, Miss Stevens world. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And take care. We'll talk to you later. Hey guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed those interviews with Joe and Jamie. Uh, it was great having both of those guys on the show yes. tonight. And so uh, we look forward to uh, what Jamie's going to be doing over the next couple of months. She's writing great reviews. I'm enjoying them. <laughs> Most definitely. She's so, showing who, who she is and what she knows, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's got a great knowledge. And I love the fact that it's just not a straight up boring cigar <laughs> review. You know what I mean? I hate those. I don't read those. 
it's like it's like what we were talking when i was talking to her it's like i don't need a three-page review on a cigar and that's why i don't write cigar reviews because mine would suck and when you read those you read them in that monotone voice that the person would have right well you know it's something that she said that i agree with when i see those Uh i go all the way to the bottom i just want to know the overall (laughs) i don't need all that crap because you know what i'll decide what the cigar is yeah, like that's because true. everybody doesn't have the same palate not at all so anyway well hey something that i want to talk to you guys about is air purification inside your personal lounge yes and here's the thing we have a air purifier that hangs from the ceiling we have an exhaust fan we have a big ass door that goes outside <laughs> and anyway me and Brian would be smoking in here, and when we're both smoking in here, sometimes it gets pretty smoky. It's New England foggy. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I was talking to one of the co-founders of Medify mm. Air Purification System, mm-hmm. and the reason that I was drawn to that company is because they're the only ones I found that use H13 filters, yeah, yeah. which is medical-grade air purification, mm-hmm. and it's really the only filter that filters out cigarette or cigar smoke. Yes. Now, other filters that are HEPA filter out regular smoke, but not cigar and cigarette smoke. Mm-hmm. So I immediately reached out to the guys like, hey, man, I'd love to review this, blah, blah, blah. He told me, take it, check it out. Let me know what you think. And so far, I'm loving it. So here's the deal, though. When I plugged it in, uh-huh. and let me tell you how easy installation is. I take it out of the box. I open up the two side panels. Uh-huh. I take the filters out of the plastic, put the filter back in, turn it on. You hit auto, and it tells you what the air quality is. Oh, And I had already smoked a cigar, <laughs> so when it came on... This alarm and light started flashing. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it probably did with you, but on the front, it has a number and the higher is the worst end uh-huh. and the lower is the better end. Okay. And so it registered nine, nine, nine. That's as high as it goes. Okay. So I turn it on and I mean, it's like 10 minutes and nothing's happening. It's I'm different. like, I don't think it's working. <laughs> and after about 10 minutes, it started dropping. And I was like, so if it's at 999 for 10 minutes, <laughs> it must have been like registering like 5,000. You were in here smoking. Dude, right? I was you in here smoking with the door closed, <laughs> no filter smoking, on. Man. So you look like a uh, Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. What I love about it is you can just sit there and watch it. Like right now, yeah. it's at 335. Yeah, because we both smoke it. Yeah, right we're now. both smoking in here. And when it gets to 150, the red line turns green. Okay. And then when it gets down to 75, it goes blue. Okay. The green is clean air. Uh-huh. The blue is like if Superman sucked it in and blew it out. Okay. That clean. That clean. Yeah. So, but I mean, like right now, it was at three something. Now it's at 257. It's constantly yeah, cleaning the, the air. air. And trust me, like if you're not smoking, it's always in the blue. Okay. But you light up something and it's going to crank it back up to like four, four fifty, but it automatically starts coming back down. down. And what I love about it is I can see yeah, what, it's what doing. the air quality yeah. is. Cause when I walked in, it was at four something when we, when we first lit up. Yeah. And I looked at it. I was like, Oh, and then I said, wait a minute. The number's dropping down. That's when you educated me on what yeah. it does. And I was like, wow, it's dropping down. I mean, real. it's already dropped down to 208. Yeah, most definitely. And then you closed the door and then it went back up again. Then it's, you cracked it just a little bit and it just starts sucking everything. Yeah, so and I was like, let's, let's Let's talk about that for a minute, because the the thing about it is you want to have 
air circulation. Yes, yes. So we have an exhaust fan and that blows air out. And then I crack the door open and that allows air to be sucked in mm-hmm. because if you're blowing air out, air has to come, come in from somewhere. somewhere. Mm-hmm. That helps circulate the air, but the cleaner is amazing. I mean, it's already down to 168. Yep. And so I talked to the co-founder of the company uh-huh. and they have a whole line of air purifiers. And if anybody orders one, and I'll have a link on the website, they can use this code to get 10% off. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And the code is Medify Smoke. Medify Smoke. Yeah, and you'll find it on the website. But anyway, I got to tell you, I've been messing with this thing all day long. And by messing with, I mean watching it. (laughs) I'm mesmerized. Because, and what's cool is, and here's the other big factor to me. Like me and Bryant be smoking it up in here, and then we put the cigars out. We're still sitting yeah. in cigar smoke for hours, yep. and then we light up and smoke and add mm-hmm. to that smoke. And I mean, you know, your eyes would start burning. Yes. You're breathing in that extra. Yeah. I mean, you know what? As a cigar smoker, you don't breathe in the smoke, but you breathe in the secondhand second smoke. smoke. Yeah. So, what I love about this is after we're done smoking. Within five minutes, it'll be in the blue. Yeah. So that means that the air is, is as you said, Superman. Clean yeah. Now. It's super clean. Yeah. So anyway, guys, there's a link on my website and it is air purification. You click on that link and it'll show you the one that we have, but they have all different makes and models, different sizes, depending on how big your room is. And they have a couple of units that connect to the Google whatever and the Alexa. Oh, so, oh, so you can monitor them and talk to them. Right. Yeah. And it'll notify you. Hey, man, your air's bad or hey, it's time to get a new filter. Yeah. It, I mean, it does all kinds of stuff. That's cool. So AI again, AI, AI taking over the world. <laughs> so anyway, definitely go by and check them out. I'm super impressed so far and I've only had it for the one day. Yes. But yes. It, when I, hey, you can see, the, you can see the difference in here now. Oh, dude, <laughs> you know, with used to when we'd be saying, look, it's in the green now. We're both smoking. Yep. Hey. I, you're I a believer. Yeah, You're I'm a believer. believer. I can't say anything. I can't yeah. say anything. So anyway, it's time for this week's giveaway. Yes, sir. Bryant, I'm going to have you do the honors. Okay. Today, for this week, the winner is Luis Sanchez. Luis Sanchez. You get a Hiram Solomon four-pack, and you know the rules. And if you don't, here they are. You have from to you show Monday till Sunday. At, at 1800. That's right. 1800 to get in contact with Rob and have your correct information passed on to them so we can get this stuff sent to you also after you get it you must send us a picture of you receiving or using what we uh what we gifted you with so that we can put it on the website and when brian says you must that means we have your address because we're shipping it to you he will come to your house police knock (laughs) police knock i got it real well (laughs) please open up (laughs) so anyway congratulations uh yes sir if, Luis Sanchez. Yes. So anyway, guys, if you haven't registered, that's how easy it is it to is. win. You go by our website, which is Cigar Podcast. I did it again. Yes, you did. Cigartalkpodcast.com. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell everybody right now I've been drinking four roses, so I do have a little bit of an excuse. But anyway, you go to Cigartalkpodcast.com, click on the register button. It'll take you there. You put in your name and your email address. That's it. You don't have to do anything else. 
We will not contact you. None of that robo no, stuff. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait None a minute. of it. Now, every once in a while, I will send out an informational link. Is it robo? Oh, no, no. That's no, what we're no. talking about. Well, and today I was looking. I haven't sent an informational email out in over three and a half months. Has anybody complained? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we're not going to blow up your inbox. I no. just promise you that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you go by and register... Every single week, we do a giveaway, yes, and the only catch is, and it's not really a catch, mm-hmm. it's just that you have to contact us because I can't be tracking people down. Yeah, that's I'm true. not a private detective. <laughs> I may be a dick, but I'm not a private detective. 100%. <laughs> 100%. So, guys, coming up next week, we have the uh, cigar company that's going to be joining us. It is De Casa Sanoas Cigars. Yes. And then... We have the New England Cigar Militia (laughs) founder that's going to join us. They're a huge group on Facebook, and we're going to talk to him. I I believe he's from the New England area. Wow. (laughs) You don't say. Right. (laughs) I thought he was from California. (laughs) Hey, you know what I forgot to ask What's that? Is he a New England Patriots fan? Because if he is, we're not going to let him be on the show. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I'm so, sorry. you know what? I'm going to put on the message. I'm going to say, you're not a New England Patriots <laughs> fan, are you? That way it gives him a hint to what to answer. You have one answer to give. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, before we let you guys go, I want you to go by and do me a favor. Go by Cigar Rights of America mm. and sign up. Please. And if you can't afford to do it today, next payday, go by and sign up. Yeah. It's $25. They send you two premium cigars. Yeah. And with what's going on, I mean, everybody knows from the last episode, they're raising the age to 21. Let's not wait to see what's coming out next. Let's go ahead and jump on the attack. Mm -hmm. Let's take the fight to them. And the only way you can do that is joining Cigar Rights of America. So that your voice can be heard. That's right. So, guys, uh, we're getting ready to do the after show for the Patreons. If you're not a Patreon, you can go by the website. And this time, let me see if I can get it right. (laughs) CigarTalkPodcast.com. Look for the big orange P. And you can click on that. Go by. Uh, you can be a Patreon for as little as a dollar ninety nine a month, fifty cents an episode. And but anyway, if you are a member of the Patreon at any level, mm. you get a poker chip. Most definitely. We just sent out the two point mm-hmm. I still have another. I mailed out a batch last week. I got another batch. I'm mailing out Monday, and then. Uh, probably in march we'll be coming out with 3.0 yeah but anyway if you join at the level of the robusto or toro you get to listen to the after show every week after the show we do an after show which usually lasts anywhere between 25 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. and you never know what we're going to be talking about the truth it's basically like me and Big boy sitting in the lounge <laughs> shooting the breeze. Yes, sir. So if you're easily offended, you might not want to listen. Yeah, just no, leave it no, alone. no. Some, not. For some topics, yeah, they may want to leave it alone. Well, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, it's it's just good hearted conversation, and it's a conversation that you would have in any other brick and mortar anywhere else in the world. It's nothing that we're gonna we're not gonna talk about anything that's gonna be you know too far far fetched. But it's just it's just good conversation. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. good conversation. It's what you'd hang out and talk about with your buddies. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. And until next time, keep smoking.